Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode is airing on Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. Hello everyone, it's Shannon and I am back with you to of course talk about new books. But before we talk about new books, I am so, so excited for you to hear an interview that I did with the author of one of my very, very favorite books of 2021 so far. So several weeks ago, I was lucky enough to chat with Jesse Q. Sutanto who wrote Dial A for Aunties. And this is just the most lovely, charming novel. I, I can't even think of enough pseudonyms for it, but it is truly fantastic. I was really excited to have the opportunity to talk with the author, learn a little more about her process, learn some things that she's working on, it was just really great. So I hope you love it as much as I enjoyed doing it. And then, of course, I do have new books for you. So we will get started with the usual housekeeping information, followed by the interview, and then the new books. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am really excited to be talking with author Jessie Q. Sutanto about her novel, Dial A for Aunties. This came out in the U.S. on April 27th, and I am really excited to have you here today. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me here. You are very welcome. I like to start out by having authors give listeners a little bit of an introduction to their novel. So if you could do that for Dial A for Aunties, that would be amazing. Sure. Okay, so Dial A for Aunties is about a young woman who gets set up on a blind date by her very meddlesome mother and aunt. But then of of course, it turns out to be the blind date from hell, and she ends up accidentally killing him, as you do. And <laughs> then she has to get help from her mom and her aunt to hide the body while also catering to the this over-the-top wedding of two billionaires. <laughs> so it's a very straightforward rom-com, obviously. <laughs> It's like a rom-com with like lots of family drama, a little bit of <laughs> intrigue. It's it's so many things. It's honestly 
one of my very favorite books of 2021 so far. Oh, yay. I was really intrigued by the author's note that you had in the beginning of the book where you talked kind of about walking, you know, a fine line between depicting Mm -hmm. characters in a Mm -hmm. way that feels authentic while also avoiding stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you can say a little bit more about that, just sort of what went into that whole process for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so my, my family, uh, like my parents' generation, so my aunts and uncles, they all speak broken English because uh, that is basically like their third language. And so I wanted to have that in the, in the book, but at the same time, I, I was very concerned that it might come off like a stereotype and I didn't want it to be like used as a weapon against the Asian community. And I was very lucky to have a, an Asian American editor at Berkeley and so we had a, a very long discussion about this and how to address it. And one of the ways that she suggested was to have um, scenes where the aunties are speaking uh, either Mandarin or Indonesian. And so we can we show that they 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 do speak very fluently and they are very intelligent, um, you know, when they don't have that language barrier to uh, grapple with. And uh, another way that we tackled it was to have the main character struggle with Indonesian and Mandarin to show that, well, you know, these languages are really hard to speak. So uh, it kind of goes both ways. Right. And that someone who did not like grow up necessarily speaking a language fluently Mm -hmm. may not be as adept at doing so as an adult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you actually sat down to write this, did you find yourself kind of pulling, not obviously that you um, go on dates and kill people, but <laughs> did you, you find know. yourself, at, well, I, I would hope not anyway. <laughs> did you find yourself kind of pulling from like your own relationships with family members or are most things kind of fictionalized here? Uh, So I I actually drew a lot from personal experience. Uh, So one of the scenes that was my favorite scene to write was uh, when the main character comes home with like the dead body and her mom (laughs) (laughs) calls her aunts to come and help. But before they arrived, the mom is like, no, but we have to cut fruit for them. Uh, you know, because we can't just like not offer them anything. And the main character is like, that's so ridiculous. Like, who would care about that, you know, at this time? And that's actually happened to me before where, you know, we had some urgent situation and I'm like, oh, let's call like auntie to come and help. And my dad is like, okay, but before she comes, we need to prepare a feast for her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a lot of time to prepare a feast. Yes. (laughs) It has to be a very small feast. Yeah, exactly. So I really enjoyed sort of the the interplay between your heroine 
and her mother and her aunts. I felt like you could really tell that this is a very close-knit family, but that they do sort of have their idiosyncrasies as far as like how they how they relate to one another um and mm-hmm. I know that you know families are are big and and messy so often in real life and I think you just did a great job sort of showing all of those things while still creating a really entertaining engaging read oh thank you you're very welcome So this is your first book for adults, but it is not your first book, technically. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is. That's that's right. So you have, I think it's a young adult thriller? Yeah, I have a young adult uh, thriller. It's called The Obsession, uh, and it's about a stalker. Uh, It's it's very different from Dalle Francis. It's not at all humorous. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I find myself um, to be a big fan of very dark and creepy books. So this is definitely something that I will have to check out. So can you talk a little bit about some of the differences that you found in writing for like a teenage audience versus more of an an adult grown-up audience? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so funny because I'm in my 30s, right? So when I write for young adults I I always feel so fraudulent because I'm like oh I feel so old I don't know how they speak and and I actually have to google like (laughs) slang (laughs) and I'm like oh okay so they say goat to mean like good and you know like that (laughs) but then um when I wrote Dal Abra Aunties which was like the first adult book that I ever wrote I was, I felt so intimidated and I was like, oh, I'm not an adult. Like, I don't know how to adult. Like, <laughs> but either way, I felt very, very fraudulent. <laughs> so maybe that, that feeling just never goes away. I think that's probably true. Yeah. I think, you know, regardless, like what we're doing, I think mm-hmm. we never quite feel like we're properly equipped to do it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I feel like the first time I ever spoke to an author, I was just like, what? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't do that. <laughs> like, this is, this is what, like, you know, sort of famous, like, journalist people do. Like, this is not what I do. <laughs> and yet, it, yes, it is what exactly. I do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think that's, that's very common, but just in terms of like your, your writing in general, are there things that you um, have to kind of keep in mind when you're writing for one audience versus another? Like, is there one that feels um, easier or more difficult for you? Um, so whenever I'm writing one thing, I always think like, ah, oh, why am I writing this? Like if I wrote that other thing, it would be so much easier. Oh. <laughs> Grass is always greener, right? On the other side. Yes. Um, so I, I always felt that way. Uh, I, I will say actually that um, I do have a middle grade fantasy coming out and I found that uh, to be one of the easier ones to get into I think because it's just so fun um Um, it's a fantasy so 
um, you know, the adventure just like keeps going. So um, yes, yeah. So that that one, I I felt like, um, yeah, you know, I I really like uh, had a lot of fun writing that. So when does your middle grade release? Um, May of next year. Okay. Well, that will definitely give people something to look forward to. And what else can we expect from you in in the coming months or years? So next year, I have four books coming out. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, I know it's it's amazing. I I don't You're know how it'd be I got like so lucky. Nora Roberts who writes four <laughs> books a year. <laughs> well, it's it's pretty intense. So I. I am not aiming for four books a year anymore, maybe uh, two or three, hopefully. Um, (laughs) One of the books we can expect next year is a sequel to Dal A for Aunties. (gasps) I know, it's so exciting. Oh my goodness, like who who will be in it? Uh, Well, Mehdi and the aunties. uh, Well, yes. They will be be in England. So that's going to be really fun. Yeah. Yes, I I want to see all those people in England. That yes. that is that's gonna be the best. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have it now? <laughs> we we have a cover and a title, and it's all finished. So you know, once they uh, start printing it, I guess uh, we'll be sending it out. And Ooh, yeah, you'll definitely get yay. one. That yeah. is so so exciting I you know it's one of those things when I finished it like I didn't really think like oh maybe there'll be a sequel it was just over and I was like oh how sad it's done (laughs) (laughs) and there will be hats because they're in England they have to wear the English hats (laughs) oh yes yes they must wear hats (laughs) and have lots of like fancy English food oh yeah totally Well, I'm very, very excited about that. So then do you have some other like YA stuff coming out as well then? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I have another uh, YA uh, suspense coming out. So the YA suspense will be out in February. And then in March, it'll be the Dial A for Auntie's sequel. And then in May, it'll be the middle grade fantasy. And then sometime in the fall, there will be a YA romance. You are just a very busy person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have like no hobbies. That's why. (laughs) So what is your writing process like? Like when you sit down to write, do you like work on one book like straight through or do you kind of bounce between them? I have to work on one book straight through because I have mom brain and, you know, I just can't keep up if there's like too many things going on um, because I'm so forgetful. So I just have to get that one book out and then then move on to a different project. So now like Dial A for Aunties has been released. So now you can pretty much devote yourself to other things aside from doing like promotional stuff for for this one now I'm guessing yeah yeah amazing so that's a that's a relief (laughs) 
So do you try to write every day or how do you? Um, yes. Uh, yeah. When I am, when I'm drafting uh, a new book, I try to write Mondays to Fridays. Okay. And I try to treat it like as a job and then I take weekends off. Um, and usually I try to aim uh, to get the, the book done in under two months. Um, Whoa. So yeah, pretty fast. <laughs> it's so weird because I actually got faster uh, ever since I had children um, because they eat up so much of my time that they kind of like train me to <laughs> write fast, <laughs> Be fast. instead of like procrastinating. Yeah. So do you plot out your books first? Like, do you know sort of all the things that are going to happen in them or do they surprise you as you're writing? A, a little bit of both. I, I like to have an outline um, just to kind of be like the bare bones outline to kind of get me through uh, the big plot points. But I usually do lose my way because things change a lot as I'm writing I discover new things. Like when I when I wrote Dal A for aunties, I didn't know that the aunties were gonna have like all this hierarchy, like rivalry, you know, oh. between the <laughs> between the four of them. Like that that came yes. up while I was writing, and then that ended up um, actually affecting the plot. So then I had to go back and update the outline. So uh, it's like a back and forth uh, process. Do you find editing to be pretty difficult? I find that people either really love the editing process or really, really dislike it. <laughs> it really depends uh, on what kind of editing. So for my middle grade fantasy, I had to do a lot of like world building and, um, you know, like the magic uh, history uh, oh, edit. Uh-huh. And I found that so hard because, you know, I was like, I, I don't know, it's just like magic. And, and then my editor right, is like, no. You necessarily <laughs> know how to like put it into yeah. words and like map it all out. Yeah. yeah. And my editor was like, no, no, you need to like have an actual, you know, logic to it. You can't just like turn things into other things without like, you know, explanation. And I was like, it's magic. Uh, but she's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think about fantasy that I read, and like usually yeah. there is some sort of yeah like, basic understanding of like the magic yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she she is right, but you know, I was I was like, oh, fine. Uh, so I found that really hard to do. Uh, but other other types of editing, I'm usually okay with. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are you a reader when you either like when you're not writing or even at times when you are, do you find yourself drawn to a certain type of book? Um, I, I read a lot of different uh, genres and different age categories. I guess that's why I write in like every genre uh, because I read everything. Um, but yeah, I read, I, I read every day. I read while I'm on the treadmill. I read when I'm like cooking. So, ah, yes. Yeah. Like I listen to audiobooks while I'm cooking and doing the dishes. Speaking of audiobooks, your narrator for Dial A for Aunties is so, <gasps> so, so good. Yeah. Yes. 
I love her. Yes, that yes, was the yes. copy that I had for um, ah. for prep for the interview. And mm. she was just so, so good. Yeah, I love her. She's so funny. Uh, like the way that she brought all the scenes to life. I think that's just like the mark of a great narrator when you mm. really mm. Yeah. feel like they get the book, like they get the humor. Yeah. 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 She did a great, great job. Mm-hmm. So what have you read recently that you think the world should know about? So I, uh, I've been reading so much. Uh, let's see. So um, I don't know if you've read The Girls Are Also Nice Here by Laurie Elizabeth Flynn. Oh, that looks so good. I haven't read I it yet. I know. It's so good. It's so oh. devious. <laughs> Ooh, excellent. <laughs> I really love that. Um, And on the YA side, uh, I loved Wings of Ebony by uh, JL. Um, And I think that one, yeah, that one was a New York Times bestseller. And it's like, it is just so deserving of its bestseller status. That is actually sitting uh, on my iPad right now. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Yes. So I would highly recommend that. And uh, on the children's side, I would uh, recommend Amari and the Night Brothers by uh, B.B. Alston. I think that's also a New York Times bestseller. Um, also so deserving. It's like, uh, I can't wait for the movie or TV series to come out. I feel like authors have some of the best book recommendations. I know, totally. <laughs> I think like one of my favorite parts about talking to authors is just like getting to find out what everyone <laughs> has read and what they love. Because like sometimes it'll be stuff that I've read too or, you know, stuff that I've heard about. But then mm-hmm. other times it's stuff that just has totally like not been on my radar and, and should have mm-hmm. been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm always just really happy to to know about the things that people are are loving. Mm-hmm. Here. If you were to give advice to someone who was wanting to write, what what advice might you have? Uh, my advice would be to aim low and not strive for perfection, uh, especially when you're just starting out, because um, that was what I tried to do, and it. You know, it's such a paralyzing thought to have, right? To be like, oh my gosh, you know, um, the first draft has to be perfect. But um, when I told myself like, well, actually the first draft can just be like complete rubbish and it's fine. You can just edit it later. Uh, That was when the words actually started flowing. So that would be my advice. I feel like so many people, you know, want to write and just get, get stuck, um, yeah. you know, and, and just get really overwhelmed by the, the magnitude of the, the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is intimidating. Uh, I find that um, something that really helped me with that is to have daily word count goals. Um, and I started with a really low goal. It was 600 words a day. And that's not very much at all. So I think it's very achievable. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, then, you know, as 
I learned to write faster. Uh, I increased it to like a thousand and then a thousand five. And now my daily writing goal is 2000 words. And, you know, if you write 2000 words every day, you know, you'd have a, a completed book in like less than two months. So, right. you know, just look at it as like a daily goal instead of like a, a complete book. Right. That you're just going to sit down and mm-hmm. write this huge novel, like from yeah. start to finish. All yeah. In one, yeah. Like giant step. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So how have you found pandemic life? Like you do not live in the U.S. from what I understand. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in Indonesia. And so how is COVID-19 in Indonesia? I feel like we don't hear a lot about it here, um, um, you know, and, and what things are like for you there. Yeah, uh, so we got, we got hit um, pretty hard, I guess, like, um, like most other countries did. Um, and so we were, we still are, well, sort of, I guess, we're like in partial uh, lockdown right now. Okay. Um, uh, but I think the the hardest uh, thing to adjust to was just having my kids home all the time. Uh, you know, they went from like being in nursery school and kindergarten to just being at home uh, all day long. So yes. that was uh, a bit of a rude awakening for for everyone. Yeah, I feel like that was um, a I think struggle we're for like so many yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but I, I feel like we have adjusted to it. Um, so we're coping and there's hope because um the vaccines are, you know, being rolled out. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, and all their friends are vaccinated. So we're just waiting for, you know, the younger generations to be uh next. And uh, I think schools are preparing to open uh, for the fall semester. So fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. So then get to try in-person school again. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's going to be an experience. So I know that for a lot of people who live like in the U.S., they you know really struggled with the whole concept of like not being able to do an in-person book tour Mm -hmm. um, during the pandemic. So I'm Mm -hmm. wondering, were you, um, were you planning to do any like events that then became virtual because of the pandemic or were you kind of always planning to do like virtual promotions? Um, So my, my, uh, the dial A for aunties sold to Berkeley, uh, during the pandemic. So I think we kind of always knew that, you know, in-person events uh, is probably going to be a stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I felt very fortunate because, um, you know, the online events have allowed me to basically do so many of them uh, all from my house, you know, without yes. having to leave my little girls uh, behind for like, weeks and weeks, um, which I understand is like what what a lot of authors had to do pre-pandemic. And I just don't know how they manage it. It's amazing. Uh, I'm so impressed. So uh, yeah, I feel really lucky in that respect. I 
think virtual book events are some of the very best things to have come from yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like I love being I, able yeah. to do mm-hmm. events that aren't just like limited to, you know, the area like, where I live. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just so much more accessible to so many more people. I guess it's hard to kind of find like good things about the whole COVID-19, but mm-hmm. I don't know, but virtual book events. I, I really hope mm-hmm. that they don't completely go away. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> that, that would be so, so sad. Yeah. So before I let you dash off to your next interview, can you let listeners know the best place to find you online? Uh, I think the best way to find me online would be on Twitter. Uh, that's where I'm most, uh, I do most of my updates. Uh, oh no, I'm going to have to say my Twitter handle and I'm like regretting my Twitter handle. It's, uh, <laughs> it's at the writing hippo. <laughs> so that's me on Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, what was I thinking? Why did no one tell me to change it? That is a great Twitter name. <laughs> it's like printed on like the back of the back cover of my book. <laughs> like find her uh, at the writing hippo. Oh my God. Okay. Well, you can't change it now then because. I know, right? You'd have to, you'd have to reprint all your covers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day, especially at the time of recording. You are still in your like first release week here um, to chat with me about Dial A for Aunties and just let my listeners get to know a little bit about you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. You are very welcome. And I am so excited for your 2022 releases. Okay, so it's kind of a big deal here today at Book Bistro because it is Kristen Higgins release day. And a lot of us are pretty happy about that. So the first thing I'm going to talk about, the first couple are books we've talked about before. And of course, I'm starting out with Pack Up the Moon. This is the latest by Kristen Higgins. It looks like it will be a tearjerker and I'm really, really excited for it. We also have The Layover by Lacey Walden, which is another one of Sarah's picks. This is a debut contemporary romance. And then Stacy mentioned Real, which is the first book in a new series by Kennedy Ryan. This is the Hollywood Renaissance series, and I love, love, love Kennedy Ryan. Okay, so now let's talk about some books that you haven't heard us talk about before. First up is Haven Point. This is by Virginia Hume. It is about generations of a family who, for as far back as anyone can remember, have been spending their summers in coastal Maine. Apparently, one summer is particularly memorable, and that is the summer that we pay attention to in this book. So it is Haven Point by Virginia Hume. 
In a similar vein, we have the Summer Island Book Club. This is Friendship Beach, book one by Kira Knight. This is an author that I've not heard of before, but something in the blurb really caught my attention. And it basically says that new beginnings and happy endings are guaranteed. So it looks like the perfect kind of cozy summer read that's filled with all of the good things that you love in a summer book. We then have One, Two, Three by Laurie Frankel. Laurie Frankel um, wrote a book a couple of years ago called This Is How It Always Is. And that is a book that really caught a lot of people's attention. So now she is back with One, Two, Three, and this is the story of triplets, three sisters, and how it sort of becomes their quest, their, their duty to fight injustice in many forms. So it's One, Two, Three, and it's by Lori Frankel. We then have The Hive by Greg Olson. And he writes both nonfiction and he also does some true crime novels. But this one is a thriller. And it's basically about secrets, deadly secrets that are hidden behind the mask of perfection. So someone in question, are they either a messiah or a charlatan? Hmm. If you want to know, you'll have to pick it up. It is The Hive by Greg Olson. So a lot of what I have for you today is young adult, either young adult fantasy or just kind of contemporary young adult. Um, and that's pretty much going to finish us off. Today was not a super heavy release day. But the stuff that is out is definitely stuff that is worth your attention. So, We Can't Keep Meeting Like This by Rachel Lynn Solomon. I love her so much. Um, she wrote a book a couple of years ago that just like tore my heart out. It's called You'll Miss Me When I'm Gone. It's about sisters who are dealing with Huntington's disease. But this one is a young adult romance. And... It is about a wedding harpist, a teenage wedding harpist who is wondering, you know, she sees all these other people falling in love, getting married, and she wonders if that will ever be her. It's We Can't Keep Meeting Like This by Rachel Lynn Solomon. We then have Love and Other Natural Disasters by Misa Seguera, and this is a queer rom-com with a fake relationship theme. I love fake relationship books. I feel like they work better as adult novels, but I am definitely interested in checking out a YA rom-com with a fake relationship involving lesbians. I'm definitely here for that. So this is Love and Other Natural Disasters by Misa Seguera. Let's talk now about The Jasmine Throne. This is the first book in a brand new series by Tasha Suri. And it is kind of an epic fantasy. It is about a ruthless princess and a powerful priestess who join forces to defeat a common enemy, even though neither 
is sure that they can trust the other. This is the Jasmine Throne, Burning Kingdoms, book one, and it is by Tasha Suri. We then move on to Girls at the Edge of the World. This is by Laura Brooke Robson. And this is a little bit of like an apocalyptic novel, it looks like. So a flood is coming. And when the water recedes, only certain members of the population will survive. And royalty, you know, all those people are pretty sure that they'll make it through, okay? But what about the lower classes? What about people like the aerial acrobat performers? Like, will they make it through? I don't know. I hope so. And if you want to know, you'll have to pick it up. It is Girls at the Edge of the World by Laura Brooke Robson. Next up is kind of a like sci-fi fantasy mashup. This is When You and I Collide. It's by Kate Norris. It doesn't come out in audio until July 6th. So hopefully if you're super eager for it now, you can find it um, in print or ebook. So this is a race against time, but it's also a race against war and perhaps even the very fabric of the universe. It kind of reminds me of like an alternate dimension kind of novel. I'm pretty excited to check it out. It is When You and I Collide, and it's by Kate Norris. And lastly, I want to mention a fantasy novel for adults. This is The Hidden Palace, The Golem and the Ginny, book two, by Helene Wecker. The first book in the series, which is The Golem and the Ginny, came out several years ago, and it is Mid-Eastern fantasy um, for adults, so it's a little bit darker than some things that you could pick up. Um, I have never read it, but I've heard fantastic things about it. My partner really, really loves it, and I know that a lot of other people do too. So if you read it a while ago and you're eager to see how things turned out, you will want to pick this up. It is The Hidden Palace, The Golem and the Ginny, book two, by Helene Wecker. And that, my friends, is it for this week. I hope I have managed to help you find at least a couple of great books to keep you company this week. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.